the beer for breakfast. We're enjoying today has been brought to us by the number 162, and it's dedicated to the letters B and J. Good morning, good peeps, Pig City. Rise and shine like a star. It is minus three degrees. That's right, minus three degrees. But it feels a lot warmer. It really does. It's actually kind of nice out. But it is, in fact, minus three degrees on the 28th of October. November is up. I think November's dead, though. I think that whole thing is, yeah, been there, done that. All it takes is uh, one big finger and, yep. Not getting checked again. The sun will rise along the 97th meridian nine minutes from now. That's right, in nine minutes at 11, 8, 11 a.m. And a waxing gibbous moon will rise this afternoon at 3.30, just in time for the second quarter of the Bomber game. Grab your double-double, sit back, and enjoy a beer for breakfast on 101.5 UMFM. They call me Bruce, and this is the sound of Peg City. Gently to the ground, 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 to the ground. Snow sparkles down, not a sound, 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 not a sound. To the 
Vanessa Kazina with your Saturday morning eye opener. Oh, yeah, it's completely seasonal. I do believe that this snow is here to stay. It never happens that the first snow is here to stay, but I think it is. Not not too bad. I mean, we've had a glorious weather. I found a house fly. A house fly in the house the other day. Well, yesterday to be precise. But, uh, yeah, at the end of October, so we can't complain. And uh, we've We've got two months of chilliness. Don't have to worry about anything until January. Yeah. No matter how bad climate change gets, somehow I doubt Januarys and Februarys in Winnipeg will ever warm up. <laughs> it makes us hardier. That's from, that goes way back. It's 10 years already. Uh, Vanessa, you feeling old? <laughs> Holy smokes. For her first album, Peony, it's still gorgeous. Winter song. Ah, snow. Now, you know, what, you know what the best part about snow is? No yard work. Yeah, there's a bit of shoveling, but generally no yard work. Everybody's yard is beautiful. And, and, those, and uh, the dog owner, uh, I mean, dog owner, I don't know. I love critter. That's the problem, right? I really want a paint gun so I can just start plucking off the owners. But you get arrested for assault and that. But, like, you have a yard, and there's a dog park down the road. Keep your dog off my yard, Right? Now, with the white snow, they can't have their dog on their yard because they leave evidence, blatant evidence, immediately. It's like that fabled red dye in the pool that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> yeah, no. Whenever they said that uh, don't pee in the pool because it'll go red and everybody will know, yeah, that's just not true. 
this doesn't work that way. Otherwise, if somebody, uh, they're, they're uh, yeah, whatever. We won't even go there. We'll save that for later. Pledge a Rama success over $41,000. Don't worry. We're not going to squander it. <laughs> we can use it all. You'd be amazed at, you know, you've got equipment running 24-7 and 200 operators. How quickly things break down. No slight on anybody using it. It's just wear and tear. It happens. These are sensitive, delicate electronic machines that we're just like poke, 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 poke. Anything that you poke, 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 poke gets annoyed and stops working. I say that again and you'll be like, I'm going to change the channel. Hmm? Today on Beer for Breakfast, in addition to the nearly scientific six-pack and the freebie zone, we are joined all day by Clayton Stewart. He's got a new stand-up night. So uh, you can get your comedy on, and good Christ, we need it. I mean, it's getting to the point where your second response in a Facebook post or conversation or anything on social media is, oh, I, I can't tell if it's satire anymore because the world's gone to hell. It's up to us to bring it back from hell. And, and, and as long as the Leafs don't win the cup, we know we're not in hell. So it's, it's all good. Well... I think we should play something new, brand new. We had a, a great one from Vanessa Casina and our good buddy Art from Transistor 66 Records. What is it, uh, 15 years now? Something like that. That uh, 15, maybe 20 years. Yeesh. Putting out great music from Peg City with a brand new one from Meats. Used to be Eminem Meats, but uh, I guess they changed it because at some point, corporations get a little uh, iffy about it other people using their name even if they are a super cool rock and roll band that really loves the jets eminem meets i think would still say eh, whatever so meets it is it's a lot more fun to say the album mac and me and we're not gonna play the title track because I, i'm afraid that it's not about mac and cheese i think it's probably about a person named mac so we'll play a song for a person a little tiny person little tiny person with incredible pale blue eyes.
Canadian country recording artist Drake Jensen. As a victim of bullying, I know the emotional scars can last a lifetime. If you or someone you know is being bullied, know you are not alone. Tell your parents, a teacher, or your school guidance counselor. You can also visit bullying.org for an endless source of anti-bullying resources, and there you can tell your story. Together, we can make bullying a part of ancient history. Yeah. 
Beer for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, but Abadoo, the king is gone, and so are you. Uh, you know what? Uh, despite all the classics, I, th- I think maybe it's because it was like the, the last single that he put out. That's that's still my favorite George Jones song. It is quintessentially George Jones. It's after he dealt with all his demons and uh, car chases and uh, gun standoffs with police. Well, not really a standoff. They just found him and he had one in his hand, which he shouldn't have. But he was already drinking and driving and crossing uh, county and state lines, so he was in a bit of trouble. But uh, he cleaned up, but still put out a great George Jones track. That, of course, was not George Jones. That was J.D. and the Sunshine Band. Check them out. It's a beautiful, beautiful story of redemption in Peg City. Well, we got a story of resurrection, because there was no redemption needed, just resurrection of the comedy open mic. Uh, and no, it's not Nelson this time. He's uh, <laughs> fled to the States to uh, go shopping. <laughs> On those nights, he's washing his hair or something. Yeah. So uh, Clayton... Uh, who who earned a new nickname of Mr. Naive, <laughs> has taken over. <laughs> so, somebody has to uh, bear the burden. These things aren't... Like, organizing events aren't easy, especially when they're repeated events and require a high turnover and new material. Yeah. Welcome, Clayton Stewart. How are you doing, my friend? Good morning. I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me on. You're looking really well. Thank I mean, you. Uh, <laughs> you're like, like really, you, you dropped a lot of weight. And I you're did, like really yes. healthy, and not not the oh my god, Clayton, you look gaunt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm not getting the uh, what kind of cancer do you have kind of <laughs> questions yet. But uh, yeah, I have been losing quite a bit of weight, and I I credit that completely to my new girlfriend. So. She makes me walk everywhere. It's terrible. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. You know what? Live downtown, you'll walk a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, uh, it's so inconvenient to have a car downtown. Yeah. I mean, I'd live downtown if, you know, if I could cross Portage and Maine, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, the fascists in power close off the busiest corner so I can't cross. Yeah. I, I love the fact that people want that open. Like, that won't create the worst game of Frogger ever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, well it, it kind of saddens me about that, is that they don't get it that it's just a red herring put out by Brian Bowman, who's done nothing. Nothing. And I don't mean he hasn't done anything good. He's done nothing. <laughs> oh, I've got a racism conference and... Well, I had a conference. <laughs> and we talked. Talk, 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 talk. You know what that makes it? A hen party. Talk without walk is yakety yak and jibberty jab. There's nothing. Nothing came of it. Absolutely nothing. No policies, no anything. So that's a nothing. So we're still the number one most racist city uh, in Canada. Is that a still uh, thing? <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how anybody can make that claim as long as Montreal and Quebec exists. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've been fortunate enough to travel around the country, and I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh. I've been to Thunder Bay. It was uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Winnipeg's a pretty nice place. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how they measure these things, but in this day and age, you need that sensational headline. Yeah, and then it comes to bite you in the ass. Like, look at CNN. Right? 
there. Uh, I can't remember who uh, finally got annoyed on Facebook by uh, idiots calling it fake news and said, look, it's not fake news. They're just terribly sloppy and overly sensationalistic. Yeah. Which is true. Mueller, I mean, for the last 18 hours, has been like the OJ chase. Mueller to uh, in uh, his first indictments. They're going to arrest somebody in whatever it is with the Russia thing that they're investigating in the States. Yeah. Because um, it's all gotten so convoluted that, uh, you know. And, okay, so you make an announcement that you're going to arrest somebody and don't say who that somebody is, or just like, <laughs> somebody's getting arrested. What, are you just trying to make them yeah. paranoid? Yeah. See who tries to make a run for it? Watch the airport. They're not sure who to arrest, so whoever runs <laughs> first, that's the one that... <laughs> yeah. Aha! Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I see that uh, Manafort just bought a plane ticket to Mexico. Yeah, it's him. <laughs> Good old boring Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, I, I, I rag on our mayor who's done nothing, but I got to say, at least he's not a crook. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, a self-centered career uh, ladder climber or an out-and-out glutton. Or, I don't know what Bill Norrie was, but he was just bad. <laughs> you just leave it at that. You know what? He just didn't, he, he, he was everything that you're embarrassed by your parents about, you know? <laughs> you know, like when you go into uh, home hardware and you're looking for somebody, something, and you can't find it. It's like, well, it should be here. And you can't find anybody. And your dad just barks up, hey, does anybody work here? <laughs> you, are you actually working here? I see the jacket, but nobody seems to be working. No, Dad, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> Followed up by the most erroneous dad joke to try and smooth over the situation. So. No, no dad joke. <laughs> just my dad. And you just shake your head and you and yeah. they go, yeah, yeah, I got a dad too. And you know, and he finds a screwdriver and away we go. But Bill Norrie was just sort of like all of those things, right? Yeah. Like everybody's dad and mom have those things that you're embarrassed by. They're pretty... We'll just say abrasive because we're all, we all got our little abrasions that, uh, yeah. you know, with society we don't quite fit in and we raised the elbow a few inches right into the into the kisser. That's, but uh, he embodied them all. That's what comedians live off of, though. <laughs> those those well, little quirks are magic for comedians. <laughs> well, is I mean, it would seem yeah. that in this day and age, the, the age of Trump and uh, stupidity, <laughs> and it's got nothing to, I mean, there's a lot of stupidity within Trump and anybody who supports him. I'll say it right now, just like Eminem. You support Trump, you're an idiot. A flat-out grade-A moron. You, like, no, no validity whatsoever. If there was such thing as retroactive abortion, it should be you. All those things he says, I just grab her by the... Can I say that to your wife? Well, if the answer's no, when it should be no, if the answer isn't no, you're a piece of garbage. If the answer is no, and you don't... And it's okay that he says that to other people's wives. You're a piece of garbage. So anyway, enough of the Trump rant. But I'm still waiting for it, it to be announced as a new reality TV show. Uh, I, I still think that's going to happen. But I is think it, Ashton Kutcher is going to jump out and be like, ha-ha, I got you. But is it a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how many people are... It, it's like the lottery now. That's what people are, listen, are, are living for. <laughs> Please, God, make it a joke. No, no, no. They're not praying for the, the sick and starving in yeah. Ethiopia or the Philippines. It's, please, God, make this a joke. No, that would be a great joke, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Hell of I, a setup. Hell of a setup. <laughs> I, I honestly thought it was, you know, because it could have been. But yeah. um, So is it a go so all that rambling for nothing. Is, mm -hmm. is, it a, is it a gold mine or is satire dying because real life is far stranger 
more ridiculous and just flat out scarier. Yeah, I th- well, I think a lot of uh, comedians use real life more nowadays because, I mean, <laughs> just look, just look around. Uh, it's the uh, the day and age that we live in. I mean, uh, I think before it was a, a lot of you know you sort of played up the little quirks and stuff like that, but people have such outlandish uh, <laughs> stuff going on these days that you it's, know, yeah, it's very easy to... I mean, we had uh, a, a brand new comedian the other night come up on stage and just talk about his experience as a private in the U.S. Army. I was like, okay. <laughs> and it was funny. It was great stuff. But he wasn't a professional comedian. He was just telling real-life stories. <laughs> <laughs> a, good, a good friend of ours, Clint Fontaine. Um, under the J Treaty, uh, Canadian First Nations are citizens of the Americas. Which means they don't have a, 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 if you're a treaty status, Canadian, only Canadian, you are a citizen of all the Americas and you don't have borders. You don't have borders. That means a Canadian Aboriginal can join the American Navy. Hmm. And when, you know, before all this war nonsense started, you joined the the military to see the world and to to, to develop a trade and a career because... Hey, the world's a pretty peaceful place now. <laughs> and uh, he was in boot camp, his first latrine duty. And yes, uh, it is just like what they say, what you see in the movies. Here's your little scrub brush. Get down on your knees and scrub this clean. And he was with some guy whose army boots were his first pair of shoes. Oh, wow. Ever. <laughs> I, think, I don't know if he was from Arkansas. Well, he's from the South, obviously. Someplace warm enough where you can actually live without shoes. Yeah. And, uh, or he could have just been a comedian <laughs> trying to make it. A jazz, a jazz musician. <laughs> but, uh, and, and the guy, guy, you know, you're going, oh, why do we have to do this? He goes, like, I don't even know what these things are. I ain't never seen none of these white things before I got into the army. Whoa. <laughs> and he goes, and Clint said, that really hit me. This fellow, aside from never having worn shoes, in America, you know, you're five minutes away. Maybe it was Georgia. Because, uh, you know, Atlanta's a, a tech hub. Yeah, that's what it was. Because it, it must have been in, in backwoods Georgia. <laughs> and he said, he's minutes away from a tech hub and civilization. And yet, no shoes, no indoor plumbing. He hadn't even seen it. He had never experienced. Oh, wow. 20-year-old <laughs> 20 man never experienced indoor plumbing in this day and age. Yeah, just like it boggles the mind. But yeah, I mean that's that's the perfect fodder for. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? Last time we had Nelson on here, mm-hmm. we, we talked a bit about uh, uh, how comedians are in a way scared because there's so much. I'm offended and I'm outraged and the back and the the backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, does it, do you find it overall driving comedians away from, uh, aside from the fact that life is satire now, yeah, and there is no more irony, uh, <laughs> but the 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 backlash that's definitely going to come from the radicals is uh, driving comedians to more personal stuff again. And, you know, yeah. talking about being a daddy and changing diapers, or <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's it's going to definitely uh, force comedians to tell more stories about themselves and not just. Uh, life in general because uh, fortunately people can't be offended when you're insulting yourself mm. uh, unless they're offended for you which I've had that happen and it's it's never fun I, <laughs> I nearly lost a crowd because I told too many fat jokes back when I was a bit heavier and uh, they were getting like offended for me like oh you shouldn't be so hard on yourself and I'm like no no 
I know what I am. But that, <laughs> but that is the absolute favorite thing of white people. Yeah, is being offended on other people's behalf. Oh, it it makes me smile every time because I I am a Treaties First Nation of the Pegasus First Nation, and uh, my favorite joke that I tell is because uh, people always wonder. Well, am I actually treaty because I'm so pale? Mm. And I say, well, it's because my mother was English and my father was Aboriginal, so he left. <laughs> I just leave it there. <laughs> and the, you get one of two reactions. You get the, you know, people of, of uh, native descent uh, laughing and, you know, oh, that's that's pretty funny. Or you get the white, awkward, you know, guilty sort of conscience of like, oh, but you're trying. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, or the, uh, you're doing so well on your own. <laughs> Well, now it's, am I allowed to laugh? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, or you got Kanye, N-bomb, 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 can I sing along? Yeah. That's a valid question. No, listen to some good music and you wouldn't have to worry about that. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, no, and, and that's one thing about uh, the First, uh, First Nations audiences is that the incredible ability and not only ability or willingness, but wanting to laugh at themselves it's like this, oh, this. it's like uh, comedic comedic blues to 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 heal the problems of mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite things when i when i'm fortunate enough to perform on reserves is that they have such a value for comedy they have such a uh, a welcoming spirit towards you know comedians coming in it's not just a show it's you know a gathering they mm. they treat you like a rock star basically <laughs> coming in which is great for you know the aspiring comedian ego <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that's the thing it's there is so much offense now taken by such inane jokes uh i mean we're we're fighting it at the at the new venue uh, mm. we're already coming up against uh you know, people saying that, oh, I'm uh, I'm not sure if I'm coming back because that one joke was offensive. And it's like, okay. that's That's when you need the weasel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when you need to bring Dave Weasel in and show them exactly how <laughs> offensive can be. You know, because, uh, I mean, he'd whip it out. Yeah. That would, you know, it's like that scene from Clerks. Yeah. Where they're, they're, where they're talking about uh, <laughs> cleaning up the nudie booths. Yeah. And uh, I find that talk very offensive. And then Randall pulls out the porno mag and throws it in his face wall. And this is really going to offend you. <laughs> you know what? If you're offended, that's your issue. Yeah. Right? Think about this. Are you offended or is that something blatantly offensive? Like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I replied because it was just over the top ridiculous. Some white guy... Uh, pointing out that marijuana was a racist term. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, apparently, you know, because, you know, the, the whole issue with marijuana was that the, uh, the, 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 the colonialists had tobacco mm-hmm. and Mexico had marijuana and, 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 and hemp. So you had both and they just had this smokable thing that doesn't do anything for you. Meanwhile, they had rope and they got high. So it was an economic <laughs> thing. But apparently marijuana started off as a racist term. I've yeah. never heard anybody with any... I've never heard anybody call it that. Yeah. But, the, but this white guy was deeply offended and was... <laughs> so, oh, I know what it was. It started off in Halifax, one of their city councilors. Oh, no. And as much as... <laughs> as, as much as... Uh, as much doofiness that goes on in our council... Yeah. Nobody's ever come up and said... Out of the blue, we can't use the term marijuana because it's racist. <laughs> you know, like the, the American Indian movement says, don't use the word redskins, but they do, right? Yeah. The people that are that should be offended are being offended, but this guy, <laughs> what you don't want our marijuana? 
Yeah. You know, that's fine. <laughs> More for the rest of us, I guess. So, so <laughs> the the inclination is to just go full on Howard Stern or Don Rickles and just melt this guy's face like he was part of Roger Rabbit. But the other side is need the venue, need the gig. Yeah. What do you do? You know he's not coming back anyway. And you yeah. know he's not really a comedy fan. Yeah, well, we want people who are there to laugh anyways. I mean, if if there's that crossover and they get offended, uh, that, you know, we don't like it. But at the same time, it's like we can't cater to every single person in the venue. Like, uh, mm. we're we're trying to put on a show for everybody. And we're also an open mic. It's not book comedians. These are people who are you know, new to the comedy scene, hobbyists. I mean, yeah, we get some professionals coming down and, and gracing our stage, uh, but, you know, the vast majority are people who are just sort of giving it a try. And, I mean, yeah, I even give out uh, bonus sort of uh, Jekyll shekels, we call them, <laughs> uh, $5 little gift cards for first-timers to get up on stage and give it a try because it's not easy. And <laughs> we, we like to sort of point that out to people. And those are Jekyll shekels because you are at? Jekyll and Hyde's Freehouse, yeah. Uh, we're uh, doing it every Tuesday uh, at Jekyll and Hyde's Tuesday? Freehouse. Tuesday, yeah. You, uh, your, your thing on Facebook says Wednesdays. Yeah, that's our last Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so now it's Tuesdays. Now it's Tuesdays, yes, yeah. Yeah, because... Um, I was starting to think I was in an alternate reality. <laughs> yeah, I'm the evil Clayton. I had to <laughs> get rid of that other guy. The evil Clayton only comes out on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're, you know, at Jacqueline Hyde's Freehouse, 487 uh, Stradbrook, uh, every Tuesday night from uh, 9 until whenever we finish up. It's usually about a two-hour show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we, we have uh, aspiring and established comedians coming out uh, and, you know, doing their sets. We have some professionals who come out and just work on new stuff for their professional material, you know. And then we have people who are just hobbyists, people who just, mm. like, like to tell jokes and come out. And uh, we have one guy who just comes out and does dad jokes, like, specifically, just dad jokes. And they're fantastic like it's being a dad is a never-ending series of oh i got another one <laughs> yeah because well nobody lies to you about being a dad yeah they're all wrong <laughs> everything everybody tells you is right just it's not that they're wrong it's just that life completely absolutely never goes the way it's supposed to <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and every nurse when, when uh when we had daisy when in the, when we were in, we were still in the hospital when she was first born. Every single nurse, they were all, we were at the women's pavilion. They were dynamite, absolutely phenomenal. Um, couldn't I, I couldn't even hope for an experience that good, and and yet it was better. But every one of them said the same thing: everybody's going to tell you and tell you something different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know, and then they tell you something different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everybody's going to do this, and so am I. And they all mean well, but and then you know, because it's it's not the same. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's like comedy. It's like you can hear eighty comedians tell you how to get famous and how to get big and how to get stage time, and it's different for everyone. It's absolutely different for everyone. <laughs> how, do, how does it? You've got you got to you know. I mean, you always keep your your bits. Oh, this is a mm -hmm. good joke. Do you yeah. ever have any jokes that? Gosh darn it, you know is a great show. Like there's there's no two ways about it. It's well crafted. You know, I mean, even even you know as comedians are uh, yeah. super uh well, they 
no self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as you deconstruct it to mm-hmm. its tiniest atom, and you go, like, even the meter is perfect. Yeah. And it bombs. What do you do? Do you just keep like, nope, it's them. What if it is them? Yeah. You uh, had a great joke, but it just... Yeah, well, I think uh, most most <laughs> comedians are, are stubborn enough to keep trying. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just come up against that, that, uh, that one joke that just ticks you right off and you're like you know what uh i gotta stop doing this joke because <laughs> <laughs> no one's laughing at it like i laugh at it when i'm you know going over it at home but uh but yeah i mean there that's the what i think is the point of an open mic is to uh, try and work on that try and you know do that joke again but maybe slightly differently and maybe you'll get that reaction that you want so uh, do you have any uh like uh, the previous open mics it was a blend. Mm-hmm. You'd have some of the the uh, veterans, mm-hmm. like yourself and, and Nelson, yep. work on new bits. Do you have uh, some vets come down too, or is oh, this, yeah. or is this yeah. uh, this is like the the training camp? You get to see like the rawest of the raw. It's it's a nice blend on most nights. Uh, we have uh, some established comedians, and uh, but we definitely have uh, quite a few uh, raw raw talents coming out and uh, giving it a shot, which. I think is great. <laughs> I, I I can't speak for the audience um, because uh, again they're they're trying stuff out for the first time sometimes and not everything uh, is brilliant right out of the box. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it uh, yeah, some everything takes a, a bit of time to craft. Yeah. You listen to the the uh, well, it's uh, it's floating out there now. It's been out there for a bit. Uh, demo the original tragically hip demos. Mm-hmm. Now that there isn't any more new recordings happening. You know, the stuff comes out and yeah, you're like, ooh, that's a bit raw. Yeah. But you go like, ooh, yeah, I'm not too fond of that. But the final version is one of your favorite songs. So yeah. uh, you got you to gotta sit through a little bit to... How many comedians do you normally have? Uh, right now we're averaging about a dozen. I, I'd like to get it up to 20. I'd like <laughs> to get it. Uh, just because uh, I'd like to get uh, a lot of new faces up there and... and uh, Sort of getting them on stage, and so you get them in, in and on and up, and yeah, yeah, so they don't have to. Okay, what do we got next? Yeah, this way it's it's more of a flow for the show, and it's also uh, you know a lot. Well, if this didn't, uh, this wasn't your cup of tea. This next guy might be so that kind of thing. And uh, we're also really lucky to have uh, quite a diverse group of of comedians. Uh, so it's not just the same you know hipster comedian going up and <laughs> doing uh, jokes about. Him and his bros kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that has, has the word bro in it. That should be a, a, an automatic sign that you should not be here for your own benefit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to, speaking of stories, we've got a funny story from Tari Truzers about a fighter back east. Huh? Not not George Chavallo, but uh, we'll be back with Clayton Stewart. Open uh, mic comedy nights, Jekyll and Hyde's Tuesdays now. Tuesday, not hump day, Tuesdays. But first, dis, dat, and dat, ting. Lightning in his left hand, a 
Stat and the other ting. We're back with Clayton Stewart. <laughs> oh, you're the in trouble. Phones are lighting up. <laughs> you're in trouble now. Not not only we have not only a listener, but a special listener Uh-oh. who knows all of your secrets. <laughs> all of my deepest, darkest. Yes. And uh, <laughs> there was this time, mm-hmm. Nelson says. Yeah. <laughs> Nelson Mayers uh, joining us through the miracle of the interwebs. Damn internet connection. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one time you had this bad uh-huh. that uh, the headliner had uh, headlined in. Yes, let's, let's say he put on a stand-up performance in that bed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> man, that's going back. Uh, yeah, well, we all pay our dues. <laughs> Uh, luckily, I wasn't the one being performed on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you guys got got to have a lot of great road stories that 
Oh yeah, the road is is a <laughs> is, uh, is a gold mine for stories. It, I, I uh, mean, do you ever go in the? I mean, obviously you go for the gig, but mm-hmm. do you go in there with the idea? Okay, better have enough pens because I'm going to get material. Uh, you never go with that intention, but it always happens. It always, <laughs> absolutely, always happens. Uh, there is a uh, now almost viral video of me falling down a hill from one of our trips, uh, just because uh, I was stupid enough to not, you know. To cave into peer pressure, basically. <laughs> How much did you drink? <laughs> uh, that's it. I was stone cold sober. It was just a really steep hill. <laughs> and that was when I was a bit heavier, so I had more uh, gravitational mass, as I'll say. <laughs> and fewer corners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, were, you uh, were dared to climb the hill? I was dared to come down the hill. Everyone else was uh, going down it like a mountain goat. And uh, I, you know, very sensibly thought, ah, we'll go around. I'll, I'll take the long way and meet you guys over there. And I was called many names, uh, some that are for, you know, yep. genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, these are a group of comedians. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, well, okay. If they could do it, I could probably do it. No. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's called Fatty Go Splatty. That's the reason for that title. Uh, <laughs> we, were talking, we, we were talking earlier about that, where, you know, when you're heavier and you, you did fat jokes, people mm-hmm. that weren't, yeah. you know, like just your, your your average scrawny little white guy was going, well, I'm kind of offended by that now on your behalf. And we were yeah. mocking them for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, my favorite thing uh, I think that has ever happened is I'm telling fat jokes about myself. And, you know, how I have problems on planes and stuff like that, which is a common fat guy, you know, problem. Mm. And uh, the audience is like, you should lighten up on yourself. <laughs> and they're, they're sort of getting all squirmy. And I'm like, I'm I'm the one being insulted here. Is, is, <laughs> you know, I could understand if I was centering out someone in the middle of the crowd saying, hey, look at that fat person. Like, So you got, so you got your... your uh do you have a backup plan in case something bombs? Okay, I, I got this. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm feeling kind of fat today. I'm going to do, yeah, I'm going to do this part. <laughs> and then this happens. Yeah. Uh, it, you never want to go to plan B, but you always try to have one. <laughs> you always it, try to have a good amount of material that you can sort of spread it out. Because from a non-comedian standpoint, mm-hmm. um, even even when even when I think the comedian's bombing and I'm not laughing or anything, yeah. It always seems to go better if they power through rather than, okay, we're switching gears. Yeah. It's, it just seems a little bit less awkward, but you're doomed anyway. Oh, you can't yeah. just go, thanks and good night if you've got three minutes left, right? Like that. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to That's considered commit. unprofessional. Oh, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very famous. Uh, Nelson will love this story that I'm telling it on air. Uh, we went to uh, uh, a reserve with our friend Eric Hazelhurst, who is also mm. a comedian. And uh, uh, we were doing a, a show there, and uh, I think he pu- pulled the cord after uh, four minutes. That was <laughs> he, he got up, got really freaked out that there were kids in the front row because he had never done an all-ages show before. And uh, we teased him that it was because they were all brown people. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was like, well, good night, and sort of <laughs> just walked off. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, like we... We give him, you know, <laughs> like we give him the gears on that one. But uh, yeah, it, it's generally considered like you do your time. But like, um, how, how like the, the, is the venue upset? Do they go like, hey, look, uh, I I I wanted six minutes, you gave me three, or do you look at it, it's like, hey, you know, we get it, it was bombing. Yeah, well, it really depends on uh, the audience. I mean, the, that's why they always say comedy is subjective because some nights 
yeah, the the venue will be like, no, no, we got it. it you know, it was, you know, a really tough crowd. Mm. And then other nights it's like, we didn't see a problem. What are you, <laughs> why aren't you up there still? Like, <laughs> you know. Well, like I know Nelson will try out his uh, jokes that he's not too sure about whether they'll. I mean, they're good jokes. Yeah. But whether somebody might uh, be offended or if it goes over the line, he'll uh, message them out on Facebook to yeah. try them out. Uh, and uh, you know, sometimes you know, and I laugh my ass off. And then we get a, a complaint at the venue. Like, what? <laughs> but that's so funny. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just. That's, and that's the thing. I mean, that's the, the culture that we're living in, unfortunately, right now, is that, you know, lives can be made or bro- broken off of someone's offense. And that's. <laughs> is it worse now? Like, I, I, now that everything is so serious. I mean, I, I fall victim to this, too, where. Uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine, Zach, posted something and was like, "It was just ridiculous." Uh, it, 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 it was it sounded it, it must it must have been like Porridge and Maine something, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he supports opening it. I don't, uh, and but he said he posted you know, and that's all all we really know. We know we disagree and yeah. whatever. There's no need to talk about it. I want it, you don't, you know, whatever. It's just yeah. one of those things, right? And he posted. Some, it was satire, way over the top. Okay, yeah, but I didn't catch it. <laughs> yeah, there is. You a... know, and and I find myself missing a lot. And then like like Weasel, yeah, <laughs> you never know because he's yeah. always over the top. And unfortunately for Weasel, it's all all about uh, dumpster beers and uh, yeah. ditch pigs and. Yeah. Which, if you know him, is uh, a little close to life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've seen the picture, so we know. <laughs> but, uh, you know. But, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, you're, you're skirting a fine line with every single crowd. Uh, because you can have those nights where everyone's in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Everyone's having a great time. Uh, and then you can have those nights where no one will hear it. No one will, mm-hmm. you know. It, it really depends on where they're coming from and their point of view. Uh, sometimes, like... Like I've, like I said, I've, I've told uh, overweight jokes about myself, uh, and it could just have been that there was a lot of people who used to be overweight, and they, you know, really didn't like it when they were mm. overweight. So me talking about it and making light of it, you know, understandably right. makes them upset. But at the same time, they're jokes. They're, you know, and they're at my own my own expense. You know, I'm not talking about in general. You know, these are things that have happened to me. Actually, happened to me. That's what's uh, even funnier is a lot of the jokes that offend people are like, no, no, that happened to me. I was called ma'am to my face. That was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? so it's like uh, I, I, I get it that, yeah, if, if I was just making that up, yeah, maybe it could be offensive. Maybe it could be a, a, a job at someone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, these are things that have happened. Like I've I've had to get on airplanes and ask for a seatbelt extension, and it's been made a big deal of, and <laughs> you know, mm. flights been delayed and all that kind of stuff. So really, oh yeah, oh yeah. I but, thought they'd have. The, I, I mean, uh, it just seems like something that they'd have at the gate. Oh, okay, hold on here a second. I'll be right back. Getting. You would think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like you I, don't always need a screwdriver, but you have one handy. Yeah, and uh, no one. Uh, one of my earliest trips, I, I got on a plane. I was much heavier at the time. And I sat down, went to put on the seatbelt, was not going to do up. So I, you know, rang for the uh, flight attendant to come over. And (laughs) first off, she started by uh, saying, uh, sir, you have to wait for your snacks. We're still boarding. So I was like, okay, we're going there, are we? (laughs) 
so now so at that point i was you know hangry because i was <laughs> hungry and angry at that point and then uh and you yeah. were even doubly angry because she was kind of right yeah i was like well i don't want snacks but now i kind of do uh and then uh yeah i asked for the seatbelt extension and you know she shouted to the back of the plane for the ones that they have in storage and now everyone's looking at me like i'm the in-flight entertainment and you know sorry we can't all be bulimic lady <laughs> yeah, so you know it's, but uh, that actually happened that you know that's a, a real life story mm. uh, i've had a lot of fun stuff happen to me on planes <laughs> because of my size or my height and they're not always fun <laughs> there's absolutely nothing worse though when you've got a great story yeah. and it's hilarious but you just can't tell it because it's not appropriate or yeah there's a little something to it that no, nope, that's that's beyond edge. But but it's brilliant. Yeah, and you can't carve it down to. So do you host, or is it like hey, next stop, or are you in yeah, there doing I, I a, host your the stick? entire evening? Yeah, I uh, I open it up and uh, I do bits in between so that uh, there's a nice flow to the evening sort of thing. And uh, so I've been lucky enough to be a host uh, for Nelson shows and uh, for other open mics uh, for the four years that I've been in comedy. Holy crap! <laughs> comedy makes you feel old yeah i mean you look a lot younger in, in these po in these pictures from last week than you do now and i mean it's only been a week yeah it's it's the stress of running an open mic nelson will know a thing or two about it well that, that's that's tough yeah uh so what do you have for so you have people like hey you know what i've got i've got three minutes of stuff or yeah. i know some funny stories hey i'm a mechanic yeah who i mean uh, if you, all you need is a little bit of communication skills. I mean, just a half shift at any gas station and you got enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the wonderful thing is that uh, I always tell people who want to try it, tell one of your funny stories. Tell one of the stories that you tell to your your family or your friends that, you know, this one thing that happened to you. Uh, it's a great place to start because you don't have to remember it. Nice. It happened to you. You know, you don't have to m make up the ending. It, it's just what happened. And uh, that's usually where you connect the most with, with audiences. This happened. I'm just telling you the story. Uh, and then there are those uh, great comedians that can just make up stuff like that, like Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wonder sometimes. <laughs> you know, you, you, there's, all, you know it's, it, there's always that. Oh, there's always that, an element of truth. Yeah, that's, you know? that's a great thing. Yeah. And, and, and you're like, oh, i got to pick this out. It's like the JFK tapes. <laughs> But I got it all. You know what? The JFK files that were released prove my my theory. Oh yeah, it's a plot theory. I had a discussion with Amanda on this. There's between conspiracy and plot. <laughs> Even though it didn't happen, I have a theory about a plot. Mm -hmm. What makes it a plot and a theory rather than conspiracy is that it's possible. Oh, okay. Inside the realms of normality. Yeah. Not, well, if he did this and, you know, everything, you know, and the stars line up. Yeah. Right? But nothing. Secrets don't last. Right? Yeah. So how are you going to pull off an assassination with the whole FBI? Yeah. You're not. Are you going to do it with a, a foreign government? You're not. Because the, the cabinet will know. So you got to reduce it to as few people as possible. If Castro knew, his brother knew. Probably their wives, right? Yeah. You share everything with your spouse, so you got to assume. Okay, so there we go. Then, um, so we got to eliminate the people. You got Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. who who did the shooting, and his dad. His wife didn't even know what was going on. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so that's that's one end tied up. Jack Ruby. Well, there's the lucky part. We'll get to Jack Ruby. 
But J. Edgar Hoover didn't like JFK, wanted him dead. He, he was also queer as a $3 bill, and his assistant was his little little toy. It, there's some pretty icky stuff in there, people, that, you know, <laughs> everybody's lifestyle is their own, but it, it's when you put, when you put uh, 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 J. Edgar Hoover's face onto it mm-hmm. that it becomes. <laughs> Nonetheless, so he had this, this bizarre fetish alternative lifestyle that in his job – he fought. You know, it was like the Marine in uh, American Beauty. Yeah. And he wanted JFK gone. So there's, t- and well, since his little buddy there was his spouse too, yeah. there's his confidant. There's your two people. That you- now, Jack Ruby, the lucky part, here's a guy that would do anything to be a big shot. He's like Donald Trump. Yeah. Anything to be a big shot because he's a nothing and never going to be. Like the mob didn't want him. He was a small-time thug. The mob didn't want him because... He was a doofus. But what he could do is keep his mouth shut. And you've got the one guy that's willing to keep his mouth shut for life to be a big shot. But a bing, but a bang. He kills the guy that pulls the trigger. How do you make it look like conspiracy or whatnot? You tell the F. Well, of course, it was the Cold War. You know what? We need to do some investigations. Uh, you know, you have Jack Ruby contact Lee Harvey Oswald or your little buddy contact Lee Harvey Oswald and set it up and let the FBI do their thing. Lee Harvey Oswald thinks he's doing a sting on the FBI or meeting Soviets. Ugh, crap. And the, and the FBI is with him, going, uh, with Lee Harvey Oswald in Mexico City thinking, oh, this doofus is nothing. <laughs> Dead end. They go away. It's been, it's been and then it's been uh, investigated. Yeah. And dropped yeah. four people. That's I, I say it was J. Edgar Hoover. It's got to be simplicity. Simplicity. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's simple. Just show up Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights. Yeah. Well, it's to, a good... to clear up your your, we have one last Wednesday this coming Wednesday on the November the first because we didn't want to run it on Halloween. Obviously, mm. I don't I don't think people would pick comedy over chocolate. I, <laughs> you know I wouldn't that... want to make them. Do that choice, Bruce. <laughs> Even though the quality of your, your uh, run-of-the-mill chocolate has gone down, yeah. <laughs> chocolate wins. I, I, I honestly don't know a situation where chocolate doesn't win. Yeah. <laughs> so this Wednesday. This Wednesday, and then from after that, it is every Tuesday. At Jekyll and Hyde's. At, it used to be the Academy. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was the original Academy on Academy. Uh, still Brian doing the thing. It's a, it's a great venue. I love the room. Oh, it's a wonderful well, venue. Well, it's, it's yeah. really two rooms in one mm-hmm. that uh, you look at it like, wow, this is a big space. But they div- it's divided nicely. So yeah. you've got like the restaurant and the lounge area, and they're wide open. The food's really good. Oh, the food is amazing, man. Yeah. And, and now we have all kinds of uh, great beers. Yeah, 29 <laughs> different beers on tap. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even know there was that many beers. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I remember there, was, there wasn't 29 beers, period. <laughs> and, and, I, and I wondered, and they all tasted the same, like Molson Canadian, okay? <laughs> or Bud, you know, like whatever. Some stuff that you would never, stuff that you don't drink unless somebody hands you one. <laughs> and they all tasted the same, and I didn't know how anybody could drink beer. And I was in the beer store just the other day, and I'm like, Wow. I bet you there's a thousand different beers here. Yeah. And they all taste, well, actually, they all taste the same again. They all taste like freaking hops. But <laughs> <laughs> please, somebody make me a beer without hops for a change. But uh, 
yeah, things change. Yeah. Wednesday, this Wednesday, but then from there on in, it'll be a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Still at Jekyll and Hyde's. Clayton, thanks for joining us today. Oh. St- stick around. We got some more things. Let's skewer some people. Let's find out what, okay. what, what do you find funny? Who, who do you like mocking? <laughs> I, of course, we're talking about celebrities. We never mock any real people. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, just the Trumps and I the like Kardashians it. and the who whatevers. Uh, we'll be right back with, uh, with, with Clayton Stewart, Open Mic Comedy Nights. But first, here's a, a trip back. Sort of trip back, as they're old songs, but they re-recorded them, and it's a brilliant new album. Talk about Monuments Galore. Anybody remember Monuments Galore? Yeah, when they first came out, all beer tasted the same, and it was awful. <laughs> and uh, that, that, so uh, I guess uh, whiskey thanks you because that's what I drank.
A uh, little peace and harmony would be nice. Just a little. Just just a, just a little, you know. A day off from the insanity. Uh, so, hey, you're listening to Beer for Breakfast at 101.5 UMFM. We got Clayton Stewart, Jacqueline Hyde. It's this Wednesday. It's the last Wednesday. Cause last Wednesday performance, yeah. And then, and then it's Tuesday. And then we switch over to Tuesdays, yeah. Very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, we'll give you the dates. So that's the first of November. First of November, and then from the seventh on every Tuesday. Then you just count by seven: seven, yep. fourteen, twenty-one, twenty-eight. Kind of like Saturday is this month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if math is your thing, which it is not mine. <laughs> math should be everybody's thing. <laughs> math is the universal language. Music is built on math. The oh, meter and rhyme of your jokes are built on math. I never thought about it that way, but I guess I'm a nerd that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really, really nerdy that way with math. Uh, so uh, 9 o'clock. And if you are an aspiring uh, comedian or you just got three minutes of jokes or, mm-hmm. hey, you want to hear something really funny that happened to me? This is brilliant. Because you know, it happens in Winnipeg. Especially when everybody knows everybody. Yeah. There are only two degrees of separation. You pick any two people at random, guaranteed their Venn diagram intersects. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, yeah, the biggest little small town. <laughs> everyone knows everyone in Winnipeg. Yeah. I think, I, I think that keeps us decent. Yeah. Because your mom's going to find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's why Canadians are so polite. We just know each other and everyone knows each other's families. So you yeah. got to keep on your toes. <laughs> I just found out what you said to Myrtle yesterday. <laughs> Who? When you were driving? Oh, my God. That car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. You know what you said. And then, there, then there's that battle of wills between you and your mom where... Uh, she doesn't know what you said, and you don't know what she doesn't know. Yeah. And she's trying to ferret out what the, what the worst thing that you said, and you're trying to ferret out the the mellowest thing you said. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but that's what happens. And then right? it becomes a five minute bit for you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do a Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. yeah, babies are good too. Yeah, I I heard yours is just magical. It's it's going really well. <laughs> oh, da- Daisy's dynamite. Other than the uh, why doesn't this kid sleep? Yeah. She's obviously her mother's child because <laughs> uh, she'd be sleeping like Jughead if she were me. But uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, and, and it's funny because like, I don't like wet. I, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Like uh, e- e- even at the shallow end of the spectrum, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a, a tactile thing that is huge. I can feel a, a speck of dust on my nose in the middle of the night and it'll wake me up. And it would be like I'll claw my nose off because it, <laughs> it, it's so itchy. And, and, and it, it's like a nanoparticle, but yeah. I can feel it. So and I'm thinking like, well, the second her diaper gets the least bit wet, she's squawking. Well, I would. Yeah. So, you know, ginger wet, you know, the wet wipes, everything's fine. But the bum's still wet, okay? So it's got lotion and everything on it, but the bum's still wet. So I fan it or blow on it. Not too close. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one day I got this brilliant idea. Hey, the furnace just came on. So I held her over the furnace, and she promptly peed again into the duct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not easy cleaning pee out of duct. <laughs> so I had a brilliant idea. Yeah. Inspired by, uh, of course, Mr. Mom. Yeah. And now you need to invent the uh, duct pee guard, and then yeah. you'll be fine. You'll be fine. 
Well, dad's everywhere. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, after that experience, like, okay, well, I needed, I needed, you know, because you, you, nobody like, how can you, I, how can you sit with a wet? I just can't. I just, I, I'm offended on her behalf. <laughs> but I just, I would feel so awful that I just can't imagine that she's comfortable. Yeah. And everything I come up with. Now, because of that event, I can think of how it's going to go wrong. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like there's a switch in in, in your brain uh, when you're when you're a child. It's possi- probability. What is the probability that this is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then when you're a parent, the switch goes from probability to possibility. Did this thing ever happen? Well, yes, it has happened once in the history of the universe. Aha, it happened once. It can happen again. No, you can't quote. <laughs> but, no, we don't have chupacabras here. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it happened. They might get on a plane. And, it, and it's just ridiculous. You go from, well, there's no likelihood of that to, well, it could happen. So it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you find funny, Clayton? What do I find funny? I, like when you're, when, you're, when you're channel surfing on Netflix and looking for, you know, I mean, there, there's always the default. Yeah, hey, I don't know what I want to listen to. There's George Carlin because he's brilliant. Or there's Robin Williams. He's brilliant. Or Whoopi Goldberg. You know, or yeah. these these brilliant people. Or uh, one of my favorites, but Sad Fall from Grace, Paula Poundstone. You know, yeah. but there's all these great comedians. Did you, uh, but when you're looking for something specific, what do, what do you like? What get you? Is it people jokes, political... I, th- I think it's more experiences. I I love the real life sort of comedy, like when people are talking about things that have just happened. Because to me, that's real life is comedy. Like mm. if you if you just if you don't act so serious all the time, you will enjoy it. You know, because there is so much uh, ridiculous stuff happening on the like every second. Mm. That uh, I mean, I. I know my girlfriend will probably hate me, but I, like I pointed out to she her. She already does, man. Yeah, that, no, that's, no, she, it's part of being a guy. Yeah. We've done something that warrants it. Because <laughs> we're cavemen. Yeah. We try, but we're still cavemen anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I point out stuff to her all the time about how, like, you, you really realize how, like, crazy this is, right? <laughs> you know, like, uh, basically, uh, my girlfriend is 13 years younger than I am. And uh, we found out the other day that I met her when she was five. <laughs> yeah. So is yeah. this an episode of Star Trek? Are yeah. you me? <laughs> yeah. So I uh, well, I was working at uh, Silver City, uh, ripping tickets. One of my first jobs. <laughs> and uh, her father brought her to see Tarzan in theaters, the animated Disney movie. And I remembered working that. And uh, yeah. So. So how did you pee? Okay. Just I. How did you piece degrees. that together? That. Uh, uh, Oh my God! I know you. We, yep, I was at that show. Uh, we were comparing photos. Uh, we had like <laughs> we we had we're watching like going through photo albums, and she saw one of me in my outfit that I used to wear working at Silver City, and she's like, "Wow, that looks really familiar." And then I went through one of her albums and saw a little outfit that she used to call her Madeline outfit because it made her look mm. exactly like Madeline. And I remembered we made so many jokes on our radios about this little girl coming into the theater who looked just like a real life Madeline. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm telling her this story going, and we were making fun of this girl, like, uh, cause she was adorable, but she looked exactly like Madeline. She's like, yeah, that was me. 
you didn't have you didn't it's, it doesn't get doesn't take a sinister or creepy thing like you didn't have a a, a bizarre man crush on no uh, it wasn't, Madeline, it wasn't you know? back I mean, then it wasn't like <laughs> wait till you grow up uh no it was it was just what it was a thing that happened that was like so random but yeah you were talking about that two degrees of separation uh that was it and years later we end up meeting at an open mic comedy night and uh and now she's my girlfriend for whatever reason <laughs> still <laughs> well, haven't figured that out but and we got the same situation and like and i'm thinking like well whatever you're adults are adults it doesn't really matter yeah. anymore and then i find out it's like ah age difference is nothing because great grandpa and great grandma were like there's a 40 year difference and <laughs> yeah it, it, well we're here so it all worked out just fine <laughs> but yeah that's that's uh that's winnipeg for you yeah Really small, really small. <laughs> what, what, what did folks have to say when, when you piece this together? Uh, her dad laughed. Her mom was a little creeped out. Got <laughs> You won her over, though. Oh, I, uh, it's the jokes. It's <laughs> I, I'm charming to parents when I tell the jokes. <laughs> never the offensive mm. stuff to the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandma never knows that you drink at all. <laughs> Uh, grandma knows more about me than the parents do. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Grandma's the one like, no, no, seriously, give me the real scoop. What do you <laughs> We know you don't call it a marijuana cigarette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Mama is cooler. <laughs> she just knows. Well, you get to be when you're older. I notice that, that my parents are a lot cooler mm-hmm. as grandparents. Yeah. It's like, I never got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just doesn't want carrots. Here, have ice cream. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. W- wait a second. I had to sit at the table till I eat those carrots to get dessert. And then I didn't get dessert because I didn't eat my carrots on time. And you're saying, oh, he doesn't have to eat carrots. Here's ice cream. <laughs> and then. That's a grandparent prerogative at that point. And then grandma shoots you this look. Yeah. The iciest, coldest look you've ever seen. And it's retribution (laughs) this is for every one of your poopy diapers (laughs) and when I'm in the mood I am going to undermine your authority just because I can because I still remember those diapers remember that time yeah I do too retribution sure you can have more green jelly beans would you like some more coke mom it's uh, 7 in the evening bedtime's at 8 oh you'll finish it by then That's not not the problem. Ah, dad's no fun, is he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then you get that look, yeah. retribution. <laughs> well, Clayton, always a pleasure. People get on down. One piece of advice for the audience, though, How, you know, like we don't want anybody to be offended, and we don't, you know, not like oh, you're gonna, there's gonna be any of this. But if you have a, a piece of advice to people to make sure they enjoy everything, yeah, the good, the bad, the ugly, the the stuff that makes you go and the stuff <laughs> yeah. that makes you go yawn you know because it, yeah. it's just like a hockey game it's not all highlight reel yeah exactly it's it, it's an open mic and it's an open mic in the very truest nature of that word we want everyone to feel comfortable to give it a try uh, whether they're established within the comedy community or whether they're trying it for the very first time like I said I give out five dollar Jekyll shekels cards mm-hmm. to people who you know brave their first time on stage and stuff like that uh and yeah so the audience is going to experience the highs and lows of an open mic you know so uh in today's value uh what would how many shekels would you get for five dollars uh yeah <laughs> that's 
Oh, he's making me do math again. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. The, the amount of times I see $5 in my hand, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be a $5 coin soon. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Then I'll be able to save money. I mean, when the loonies and toonies, when the toonies came in, man, because yeah. you go to the bar and when you're young and it's loud. I mean, I guess nightclub, it's not really a bar, it's a nightclub. And it's loud and you're like, Rawr. and you just hold up your beer bottle or whatever you're drinking and you just, here's a bill. And you yeah. just take the change, you put it in your pocket and you're like, oh, I'm out of money. Oh my God, I can't believe I drank so much. You go home, you wake up in the morning, you go to pull in your pants like, what the hell, my God? Oh, I guess I didn't drink. <laughs> And you got half your money there. <laughs> it's all in coin, but yeah. So the five dollar coin, I think, is going to be my savior because you just <laughs> put it aside and don't pay it. Yeah, so don't pay any attention to it. <laughs> this Wednesday, November the first, but then it's Tuesdays after that. So yeah, don't have to worry about the. the just know that Tuesdays are on the horizon. Mm-hmm. But this Wednesday, the first, we're going to usher in November yep. with a good laugh because we can all use a good laugh these days. Comedy will be our saving grace. Thanks, Clayton. Oh, thank you for having me. All the best. And uh, folks, check it out on Facebook. All the deets are there. We'll be right back with the Nearly Scientific Six Pack. At Johnny Sticky Buns, 941 Portage Avenue, we make magic with one beautiful little thing, the cinnamon bun. With sweet, savory, gluten-free, and hot sandwich options available daily, our tasty little buns are local, organic, and truly unique. We start each morning with only the best ingredients sourced from local farmers and producers. We take pride in working with these people, the backbone of our community. We offer catering for your next meeting or special event, and be on the lookout for a mobile bun cart at the St. Norbert Farmer's Market all summer long. View our full menu at johnnystickybuns.com or order our buns now through Skip the Dishes. Johnny Sticky Buns, 941 Portage Avenue. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, wh- when are you, Clayton? When's the baby coming? Uh, n- now that I'm on the other side of the coin. <laughs> oh, that's going to be my opening line. Aren't you a darling couple? When's the baby coming? Stick around after beer for breakfast as the musical journey continues on 101.5 UMFM. Thanks in no small part to you and your 41,000 pigarinos. That'll help keep us on the air because UMFM is where you hear tons of stuff. Most of what you hear on UMFM, the overwhelming majority, you will not hear anywhere else. CKUW notwithstanding, because, you know, they're comrades in arms. But you will not hear it on any commercial radio. And you won't hear most of this on CBC either, as good as they are. So stick around. Noon o'clock, Destination Worldwide connects you to the Global Village. Des will bring enough positive vibes to push the clouds away. And he'll connect you with places much warmer than today. Remember, them football players will be playing in short sleeves. It's a football thing. You don't wear, uh, if, if you're a lineman, you, you prove how tough you are by not wearing an undershirt or anything. You just wear what you normally wear, and you tough it out. The uh, great quarter uh, coach, Bud Grant, Minnesota and Winnipeg, last legendary coach we had, um, when the, uh, he would never have uh, heated benches or any sort of heat. If your hands are cold, he said, they can put them down their pants. <laughs> tough. So, uh, yeah, that's Des at Noon. And, of course, Planet Main Stage with the legendary John Prentice. A little slice of Folk Fest for your mid-afternoon bowl of tea. And to get us there, it's Buckle Up Radio with Mr. Buckles, who says, Buckle up, extra careful, or if you can, stay home. It's still a bit slippery and in places. There's patches. So, uh, but I think you're, it's safe to go over bridges now. 
Ah, we've we've got one for you. Brand spanking new. Unfor- he, unfortunately, he uh, was not around to see the release, but Gord Downey's uh, swan song came out yesterday, and uh, we have it. Uh, what's it called? Uh, introduce Yourself. That's it. It's a yourself, Y-E-R. Introduce Yourself. 23 songs about 23 people. And uh, it's driving me mad trying to figure out who these people are. Because you know one's got to be him. You know, there's got to be one for every member of the band. But it's Gord Downey. And he's a clever, and he's a shifty guy. And he would think it'd be hilarious to not have a song about the band because he knew that we'd be looking for it. A little inside joke that would last for uh, quite a while, don't you think? Yeah, you'd do that. Nonetheless, 23 songs about 23 people. Introduce yourself. Uh, after a couple of listens, I think this is uh, my favorite. Spoon. This is brand new. Gore Downey on Beer for Breakfast. Nearly Scientific Six Pack is next. And then buckle up. You're transcendent. You taught me so many things. You taught me that hell is all we to this dumb planet bring. But one time it sticks out for me. You were five. We were working with Bob in Maui. Driving a rental Sebring. Breakfast sucks. 
I mean, they got uh, no stars. They got no hits. They play uh, music I wouldn't take a to. They got the, they got these local uh, local guys I've never even heard of before, and uh, they come into the studio all dressed up in their uh, their denim value village outfits, and uh, they keep talking about these cool clubs they're playing at, and uh, it's uh, quite pathetic if you ask me. Uh, I also hear the host doesn't shower, but that's an FYI. Beer for breakfast. It's where the crap begins. You guys rock. Thanks to Clayton Stewart for dropping by for the whole show and providing us with some laughs. And remember, get out there this Wednesday at Jekyll and Hyde's. It's open mic comedy night. Some new comedians, which means... Well, yeah, it's not only going to be seller, but you will hear some brand new stuff that isn't available anywhere else. So it's always good to be there right for the first thing. And, uh, of course, thank you for tuning in and supporting local music. As I took around my friend, don't mourn me when I fall. I'll be somewhere around you watching me.
catch beer for breakfast live, baby, live, 8 a.m. every Saturday morning right here on the home of the herd, CJUM 101.5, UMFM.com. And remember, we're everywhere. Follow us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram is the best. We're, we're far and away the best on there because we never get upset and it's always good pictures. Usually critters. We like critters. Lots of ladybug pictures and music stuff. Uh, no politics on Instagram, right? So there you go. In this day and age, I think people need to know where they can go to have a political safe space. Follow us on, uh, I, think, I think it's just uh, look for Beer for Breakfast or Bad Bruce on Instagram and uh no politics, just really good pictures and fun stuff and music. Go Jets, go. Oh, that was a tough one in Pittsburgh, but boy, they played well. Mason played well for a change. First time this year he's played well. He played excellent, but they lost in overtime on a bad mistake by Patrick Lightney. These things happen. It's sports. Yeah, has no real impact on your life, but it takes you away. And the Bombers, take us away, Bombers. Bombers win today. They have clinched second place and uh, a playoff game here at home. Or if the uh, Eskimos lose... This weekend, same thing. We get a playoff game. If not, then we got to wait till the very last game of the season next week. So it's all coming to head. Yeah, and as you're thinking about, man, it's cool out there. Remember, these football guys are playing there outside today in short sleeves. That's tough. I don't think I want to be that tough <laughs> ever. <laughs> I, I can't imagine being that tough. Well... In On the Horizon, actually, in two weeks, we spend a whole show with Blair McAvoy of the Dust Rhinos. 25 years of Rhino. Uh, so much to cover. So many great artists and musicians came through uh, the Dust Rhinos. Uh, we're going to talk about all the fiddlers, like so many. Uh, it's almost a fiddling school. So that that's in two weeks. But for now, I leave you with the Nearly Scientific Six-Pack, the six hottest tracks from Pig City this week. Number six. Can, ooh, yeah, uh, uh, that's last week's. Uh, maybe you should update your notes, buddy. Number six, uh, just like last week, is Carrie J. Buss, Answer the Bell from the uh, Manitoba Camping Association compilation. Get it, because you know what? It's one of those things that looks neat in your collection. Oh, yeah, Beatles, Stones, da, 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 da. Manitoba Camping Association. People pick up on that. Number five, Slow Leaves, down from number one. I guess that is enough about him. Mobina Galore returns to number four. Number three, Slow Spirit. Number two, oh, now we're getting punk. Comeback Kid, moving on up to number two. And Propagandy, after four weeks, finally hits number one. We figured they'd be number one right out of the gate and just stay there, but it took a while. Victory Lap is the album. Victory Lap is the song. And uh, the buzz, the buzz, the buzz is great. Everybody loves this album. If you're into punk or anything loud and abrasive, especially with a social conscience, you'll dig propaganda. Here they are. Until we meet again, they call me Bruce. Be good, have fun, stay motivated. <laughs>
Norwind Interactive may not be able to help solve the age-old question of good late-night eats in Winnipeg, but they're the answer to where to go when you've got a computer problem that stands between you and your coursework. Open Tuesday to Friday from 7 p.m. to midnight, Saturdays 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and with a technician on call 24-7, the folks at Norwind Interactive know that university students are working all the time, not 9 to 5. For more information on the wide range of services, from minor problems to big solutions on website design and app hosting, visit norwin.ca today. Come fix your bike on campus. UmCycle is the new bike kiosk in the center of the U of M's Fort Garry campus. Located at the east entrance of Extended Education, UmCycle is a full-service bike shop open Monday to Friday from 10.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. They have parts and accessories for sale and mechanics on site. Students get a 25% discount on services. If you'd like to fix your bike yourself, they have tools ready for you to do your own repairs anytime the shop is open. Want to learn more about fixing your bike? There's community stand time on Friday afternoons from 2.30 to 4.30. Come down to get help doing your repairs from a pro. Check out UmCycle in the heart of the University of Manitoba, Monday to Friday, 10.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m.
we couldn't have done it without you. UMFM's sixth annual listener funding drive, Pledgerama, is in the books and the support was overwhelming and heartwarming. The money we've raised will go into station operations, ensuring that you'll continue to get the great programming you love year-round and allow us to make improvements and take new steps in serving this wonderful community. You came through for UMFM and we can't thank you enough. But here's one more attempt. Thank you for supporting UMFM. Le programme, c'est fini. In total. Kaput. Uh, uh, uh.